loving God who gave his only begotten son for you and I and died in our place and shed his blood. And by grace through faith, you and I can be saved and delivered from the wrath to come. Now, what this, as these feasts go along, uh, the first thing, well, last week we preached on the Feast of the Passover. That's the very first pe- uh, feast. The Feast of the Passover is where they took the lamb and uh, killed it and took the blood, put it upon the door. And it's all a picture of Jesus dying on the cross for you and I and God delivering us through blood and through power from the bondage of sin and Satan in this world. And God delivers us. By the way, let me just stop and say, that this church, I, I can't speak for every church in the country. I have no desire for you and I to fit into this world. Amen. We are pilgrims and strangers. I am not trying to be like other preachers. I'm not trying to be like other churches. They can do what they need to. There's a lot of great churches in America. I'm thankful for that. But what I'm saying is for sure, I'm not trying to accommodate to the world and be like the world. So if you come in here and you think, you know, these, you know, it's a little different. Well, we sing the old hymns and we use the old Bible and, and we try to, you know, do you know we're, but we're wicked and just saved by grace. We're not a bunch of sinless people, but we, we just love the Lord and want to obey him. We have an obedient spirit to God and our flesh fights us like your flesh fights you. But we're to have no intention of trying to be like the world or adjust to the world or accommodate the world, we have no intention doing that. So you kind of need to know that when you come in here. Anyway, as I said last week, we had the Feast of the Passover. It's a remembrance of God's deliverance and salvation. By the way, that Passover is the foundation of the Lord's Supper. And uh, it is a prophecy concerning the marriage supper of the Lamb. And all that stands between the believer and the wrath of God is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, the seven feasts are a blueprint Uh, for the future. They're prophetic in nature. They prophesied the death of Christ, the deliverance of the saints of God, and clear on up to the millennial reign at the seventh one there. These feasts are a recital or a rehearsal and a method of teaching and instructing you and I in doctrine and in truth. They are a celebration. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I will tell you something right now. If I didn't know what I know and wasn't saved and I was watching the news and the junk going on in this country, I would be in a insanity, what do you call them places, some kind of place that need help. I mean, I would be, it would be like, there's no hope. This is idiotic. But I got a Bible and I have a Savior and the Spirit of God lives in. And he's already told me what's going to happen. And I got news for these clowns. They ain't going to win. They're going to lose and lose bad. And I'm glad today that I can rejoice. Jesus said, no man shall take your joy from you. Amen. Amen. And so don't let the, don't let them news media people take your joy from you. And for sure, don't let them Facebook people and them Twitter people and them TikTok people rob you of the joy of the Lord. Hey! He's coming back. Amen. And that's what is telling him that we're going to go to the Feast of the Trumpets and it's going to be all about the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're going to have a good time doing it. Amen. So it's a celebration and an anticipation of God's work and blessing for our good and for his glory. These uh, feasts are relevant to now and they're applicable to the church today. And let's read for it. And we're going to show scriptures for a little while. And guys, get ready to roll those, that reference list that I gave you, get ready to roll them through. But in Leviticus chapter 23 and and in verse uh, number six through eight, you're going to find this feast, the instructions about it given the first time. Verse number six, on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread. Remember the 14th was the Passover and the 15th, the feast of unleavened bread starts. 
It said, seven days must you eat unleavened bread. Now I'm just going to lay, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say. Then I'm going to tell you what I said. And then I'm going to go home. Okay. <laughs> and that's what preaching is. Amen. <laughs> the Passover was picture your salvation. The feast of unleavened feast is a picture of your walk with God. It was to last seven days, which speaks of this. That is the completion of your complete life after you were saved at Passover, that you are to live under the joy of unleavened bread feast. That means you're to, you're to live, it speaks of a holy life, a life with the evil removed from it, worldliness removed from it, and separated unto God. That's what it's talking about. You got saved, Passover, next day, unleavened bread. He starts taking stuff. Out. How many has God taken a few things out of your life since he saved you? I, mean, I tell you what, I could write a book on it. I'm literal. I could write a book. I mean, I got saved. It's like, well, this is coming out and this is coming out and this is coming out. It's coming out and we're going to do this different. We're going to do this different. And that's what unleavened bread is about is removing the influences of the world and sin and wickedness out of the saints life. Now, so Leviticus 6, 8, and he said there in seven days. So in other words, for the rest of your life, the completion of your life, God wants you to live under the influence of the feast of unleavened bread. But you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Verse number eight. Now, wait a minute. Let's go back up to verse seven. In the first day, you shall have an holy convocation. That means a special service together. You shall do no servile work therein. Now, why did God say you shall do no servile work in there? You can't work for your salvation. Amen. You're not doing this as a work to earn salvation or to keep salvation. You already got saved by the blood and the sacrifice of Christ. Now you're on your Christian journey. All right. And God wants you to know something. You didn't get saved by works and you don't walk by works. Amen. Now works ought to be in your life because you're saved, but they do not save you nor keep you saved, nor do they make you special in the eyes of God. Amen. Grounds level at the cross. Amen. amen. And so verse number eight, then, but you shall offer an offering made by fire of the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall do no several servile work therein. Now, Let's go to Exodus chapter 12, guys, in your Bible. And uh, you can look up here on the wall, but I encourage you to always take your Bible and turn to the reference if you can. Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 8. We're going to kick in at verse number 8. And the Bible said in Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 8. And they shall eat the flesh. This is the Passover lamb in that night, roasted fire and with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. So he introduced this unleavened feast right there at the get go. Oh, so let's go to verse number um, 15. Go to verse number 15. It says, In seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, even the first day of your houses. Whosoever eateth unleavened bread from the first day on the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from the Lord. He's serious about this. You, this issue of leaven is very serious to God. Verse number 17, And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. And verse number 18 says, In the first month and the fourteenth day of the month, at evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month. That's seven days. And seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. I want you to underline that. Now here's what God done. God saved them. And now he says he purchased them, didn't he? Bought them with the blood of his son. 
We, God owns us by creative right and by redemption right. Amen. So now he says, I'm going to tell you how to live. Now you listen to me. God's not in the control business, although he's almighty God. He wants us to serve him with love in our hearts. By the way, a work of the spirit will get you to where, and I pray with all my heart, and I'm very thankful to see a lot of the young people in this church. I've watched the work of the Holy Spirit in young people. I see them serving God and living for the Lord because they want to, not because mom and dad said they ought to. Amen. Man, that's a blessing in this church, and I encourage you Get involved with these kids singing. Get involved in, in serving the Lord. Now, uh, but the unleavened bread, leaven is a type of evil and a type of sin. God says, I want you, as we as you start your Christian journey, I'm going to take sin and evil influences away from you and out of you and worldly influences. So now he said, um, he said that 120 days shall not be found in your houses. So what's he saying? He said, I want you to search. By the way, the Jewish people, Orthodox Jewish people to this day that observe these feasts, did you know what they do? They have the special service, this convocation, and then they have the children to search search the whole house for leaven. It's kind of the idea where we got the idea of spring cleaning. You pull the the piece of furniture back and what's back there? A dead mouse who's been laying there for six months, you know, and maybe there's this, uh, there's old food underneath there and the old gr- grandmas and old mamas, they used to have spring cleaning and we're going to look up on top of the fridge. Some of you ladies are so short, you have not seen the top of your refrigerator in seven years and you have no earthly idea when a tall guy like me walks in and he sees all that stuff on top. No, God wants us to have, have you ever heard this? You need to have a house cleaning. Yeah. Well, this is what God is saying. I saved you. Now we're going to have a house cleaning. Amen. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's take off then. Let's continue there in verse number 20. Uh, you shall eat nothing leaven. God don't want you receiving and eating spiritually something that's leaven. has got sin in verse 34. Let's look at it. And the people took the dough before it was leavened up their kneading, uh, their kneading troughs being bound upon their clothes upon their shoulders. And in verse 39, and they baked unleavened bread cakes of dough, which they brought forth out of Egypt for it was not leavened. Because they, had, uh, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tear, neither had they prepared for themselves any victuals. So you see them starting to obey the Lord in this issue of eating and baking unleavened bread. Now, I have up here this morning, this is unleavened bread that we use for, uh, broke it, I guess. Anyway, we use it for a communion service. And we're going to talk about this. There's a reason that's designed like it is. Now, I was going to bring a loaf of bread that my wife made. She makes wonderful homemade bread, and I forgot to. So we'll just have to go on with that. Now, let's go on down in our list of verses here. Let's go to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13. Try to get through the reading of Scripture, and then we'll jump and run. Exodus 13, verse number 6. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, and the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no, uh, uh, no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall thou be leavened seen with thee in all thy quarters. Now, folks, that's pretty powerful stuff. God says, and by the way, he said, if you do, I'll cut you off. That that don't mean they they were lost. It means that God's fellowship was cut off. I mean, he he says, I'm serious about this. I will not have fellowship with you if you do not observe this spiritual and doctrinal issue. And uh, he was serious about it. I mean, you just read all the way through the Bible and you're going to get in the New Testament a little bit. Let's go to uh, verse number seven or verse number. uh, Let's go back to verse number three. Uh, well, I'm going to jump. Let's go to Exodus 20, Exodus 23, verse number 18. Exodus 23, verse number 18. I don't know why I get such a fizz for. Verse number 18. Don't do that. 
I've got the wrong one. Let's go to Exodus 34 and try that one. Exodus 34, verse number 25. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of Passover be left unto the morning. There are a lot of scriptures. Uh, put up Leviticus 2.11, guys, if you can. 2.11. Leviticus 2.11. No meat offering which you bring in the Lord shall be made with leaven. You shall not burn no leaven, nor any honey offered in the Lord. There's a deal about the honey, what heat and honey does. Go to 6.17. Now, what I'm trying to do is lay out that the Bible's very clear about this unleavened bread situation. It shall not be bacon with leaven. I've given it unto them for a portion of my offering by the fire. It is most holy. It is a, it, as is the sin offering and as is the trespass offering. Go to 10.12, Leviticus 10.12. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Eleazar, unto Ithamar, his sons that were left, take the meat offering that remained the offerings that were made by fire and eat it without leaven beside the altar for his holy. What's God saying? Don't come and worship me with sin in your life. We're going, to deal with, we're going to deal with the sin first and then you're going to be able to worship. Listen to me. I know from personal experience. I have come to church with sin in my life. I've come to church with issues not resolved. I had an issue this morning. The Lord revealed to me in a conversation with a man this week. And I had to call that man this morning and fix it. Why? To get the leaven out before I came to worship. Because if I hadn't, I promise you that the Holy Spirit would hinder my ability to worship God as I should because God is holy and he says, I want you, you, you can experience wonderful worship if you get the leaven out. Yes. I, and that's the whole message of that. Uh, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Now we're going to go to the New Testament and look what, how it relates to us as Christians. Now when you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul takes in something. I can't believe he put this in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1. And Lonnie, don't you let me forget. And I mean it. Don't you let me forget. we got something we're going to do at the end of the, of, of the service today. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, first, Corinthian church, the city of Corinth was wicked, 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 wicked. About like America right now, okay? Paul went up there. He had one people to Christ, started a church there at Corinth. And he's dealing with stuff that, that he had to deal with. I want to ask you a question. You say, God called me to be a missionary. And you go to Papua New Guinea. And you lead a chief of a tribe to the Lord. And he's got four wives. What are you going to tell him to do with three of them? He gets saved. But he's already got four wives. Let me just tell you something. There can be a, you're going to have to deal with, you get in the ministry, you're going to have to do a lot of things that are the baggage that is coming in with somebody when they got saved, all right? All of us have baggage on us when we God saves us. And uh, so anyway, uh, it, these people had a lot of baggage. Now watch chapter five. It is reported commonly that there's fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And you're puffed up. Now watch that phrase, puffed up. Do you, how many knows when you have regular bread, how did it get that tall? By being puffed up. All right. Leaven has to do with being puffed up with pride. And we'll show it to you in a little bit. He said, you're puffed up. You know what puffed up means? You got a lot of hot air in you. And have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed may be what? Taken away from you. Hmm. Removing the leaven out of the church. Uh oh. This is what this whole deal is about. Let's continue reading. For I verily as absent in body and present spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord, I'm going to show you a church service you've never been at. 
when you, he said, when you come together in the name of our Lord Jesus, verse four, when you're gathered together in my spirit with the power, that's what we lack in not modern day churches of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one. Who's that such a one? The man that's committing fornication with his own mother. He said, you deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of your Lord Jesus. You see me, you say, Reggie, you mean tell me that man was saved doing that guy? Yeah, he got saved. But you know something? It, a lot of times you get saved, you don't get the leaven out overnight. Right. Yes, sir. And, he, and I'll be honest with you, some, some cultures are so pagan. See, a lot of Americans don't even know why they have certain cultural things. And now our, our traditions of being in America are being challenged. And we don't know the foundation of our belief system is the Bible. And everybody wants to talk about, well, I don't think this is right. And I don't think that's right. And nobody gives the foundation to it or the basis of their belief system. That's why you need to know the Bible. Do not have discussions with people out here about all this nonsense and perversion going on if you're not going to use the Bible. Because it's just your opinion against theirs. But you use the Bible if you're going to talk to people about it and say, well, God's word says, God's word says, the Bible says, the Bible says, that's what you need. There's power in that. All right. That's what he's talking about there. Now he said, your glory is not good. Know ye not. Everybody with me say, amen. Amen. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Now this is a principle of leaven in bread. I watched my mama make bread. My wife makes bread and they're making that bread and they put yeast in it to make it rise, to make it get full of hot air. Those little bubbles you see in there. All right. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we're going to show you later on in the feast that God has them do an offering of leaven. It's all it's doing is showing that you ain't never going to get all the leaven out of your life while you're in this body. But anyway, we'll get back to that later. But what happens is he says, purge out the leaven, therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now he's taking these people back to the feast. That tells me the church needs to go back and look at the feast. Now I'm going to tell you something. And I couldn't have told you this 20 years ago. I've never had a service where we've come up and said, Lord, there's a person in our church that's living in wide open sin and will not repent of it. And Lord, tonight we're asking you to deliver them to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. But I will tell you something that's in your Bible. It is something that we are told to do as a church. But I'm going to tell you a little something that I've had an experience and those of you who've been here a long time will know this. I'm going to tell you this is some of the most important statements you'll probably ever hear from a pulpit concerning your spiritual life and your church life. We've never done that at this church. But I'm going to tell you who has done it at this church. The Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to tell you a little something. You get sideways of God in this church. You get sideways of people in this church or get sin in your life and you will not deal with it and humble yourself and get the puffness out of you, God will take you out of this church and make you think you did it yourself. I have watched repeatedly over the last 40 years, especially the last 25 years, people, good, I believe saved people, but they get sideways. They get a burr in their saddle toward me or toward other people in church And they justify it, rationalize it, get bitter, and they put a sour spirit in the church. And you pray and you hope they get right. You might even visit with them and try to fix what their problem is. And if, and my experience is you can't, I've never fixed one of them's problem. Never. I've wept, cried, begged, 
pleaded, tried to understand, met with them, way more than anybody in this church knows about. And if they will not repent, Brother Jason, I've watched it over and over again. I'm telling you this morning that are here, don't get sideways of God. Don't get a burr in your saddle against people in this church. Don't get a burr in your saddle about something I preach. If you don't, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't have a right to anybody to come listen to me preach, but I'm going to tell you something I've watched God do. I have watched men, men who themselves were okay, but they were not being the leader and they let their wife get the whole deal sideways and God take them straight out of this church. And they even think, well, we just left. No, they didn't. God took you out. Be careful because God purges his body. Yes, he does. Now, this is serious stuff right here, but this unleavened bread business, it is serious, serious stuff. All right? Here's what God wants me to, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I am the worst sinner in this building today. You may say you don't believe that. You don't know. Paul said he was chief of sinners. I believe I'm chief of sinners. I'm honest with you. I wouldn't want anybody in this church house to know this, the, the battle I have with sin. I wouldn't want you to know it. I'd be ashamed for you to know. But I'm going to tell you something God's given me. God has given me grace to acknowledge it That's right. to him and say, Lord, this is going on in my mind or I did this or I did that. And God, I used to ask you to forgive me. And Lord, just give me grace. I don't know, Lord, I'll never live long enough to be what I ought to be. But Lord, and, and if there's one virtue that God has given me, it's that somehow or another, I, I can go to people. If I, if I see and really know that I've offended or done them wrong, it's like I made the call this morning. And over the years, let me just tell you something. If that hadn't happened, he would have took me out long time ago. That's the one thing that keeps me here is just being willing to say I'm wrong. Amen. I sinned. When you do that, God gives you grace to stay and to endure the, the relationship problems and the stuff that you don't understand that's going on and, and the irritations and the people that you just really can't just jive up with real good. Amen. You all know what I'm talking about. There's people your spirits connect and there's people that your spirit doesn't connect to too well. It doesn't mean anybody's bad or anything like that, but it's something you need to learn. I'm telling you, learn this principle about getting the leaven out of your heart and out of your mind. Now he says there, purge out the, verse number seven, purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as ye are unleavened for even Christ our Passover sacrifice forth. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Paul says, malice toward people and wickedness is leaven in the church. Don't do it. But with the unleavened bread of, here it is, sincerity and truth. This is what God wants in a church. It's what, hey, how many of you in your family would like to have sincerity and truth? Yes. How many would like to have in your home? Your, you know what your mom and dad wants? Are you kids? I hope most of you don't want them to be some sports superstar. But I tell you what I think, do think they want is for you to be sincere and, and have truth in you. Amen. If you can have that, you're a long way down the road of life. And God wants that in the church. Look at verse number nine. Now watch this. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. What? Not to company? Are they too good for them? No. You know what he knows? A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. In a church, when a little bit of leaven is put into a church, brought into a church, if we don't deal with it, it will spread through the church and ruin the church. 
That's why many churches' doors are closed today. They did not deal with little bit of leaven that came in and spread through the church. And there are churches out there right now that looks like, boy, everything's really going great. But there's leaven in it of the world. And they don't even know that it's spreading through and disappointing God and, 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 and almost angering God. And God's, set, God's trying to deal with the pastor. Get this stuff out of the church. I'm not going to put up with it. And if they don't, then they'll see God deal with it themselves. Now he said there, verse number 10, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners, idolaters, them you must needs go out of the world. But now I've written unto you not to keep company. This doesn't mean that you're too good for anybody. It's just this. Hey, can I tell you something? How many mom and dads in here have children? There are some kids you just assume your kids didn't hang around. I'm not talking about here in church, maybe, maybe in the church, but anywhere. How many know there are kids out there that your kids don't need to be hanging around? Why? Because they'll leaven them. They'll show them something on the phone that you would have never wanted your kid to see. They'll give them thoughts in their minds and ideas and push in and that leaven will start going into the heart of your child. God says, keep the leaven out. If your mom and dad is saying, no, you're not going there. You're not doing this. There's a reason they're trying to keep you from being leavened because a little leaven, you get just a little bit of rebellion started, just a little bit of rebellion started. That rebellion will spread through. I've seen in homeschool families, the older one or one of the older ones and Christian school families and every other kind of family, you get an older one to start setting a bad example and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, it'll spread right down through the rest of the young kids. Boom, 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 boom. And it'll just come, it's just like you, what on earth? It's leaven that was not dealt with. This is why Brother Fields told that 16-year-old girl up there in Indianapolis, when he saw that this girl had no repentance in her heart and that she was set on rebellion against her mom and dad, he told her mom and dad, you get her suitcase packed this afternoon and you set her suitcase out in the middle of the street and you, you take the sheets off her bed and you put her out of your house because if you don't put this girl out of your house, she's going to ruin every other child you've got because she has leaven in her that is spread through her heart and she is now sending that leaven into your kids and your family and she'll ruin every child you've got. And by the way, I sat him there. And when he said that, that 16-year-old girl, a tear just started running down this cheek. Yep. Now, you've got to watch these tears out of these girls. Yeah, they know how to pull daddy's strings with tears. Yeah. And Brother Fields looked over at her. And he said, you've got a big tear rolling down your eyes. You don't like hearing the truth? I'm going to talk to you like the person you are. You're a rebel. And you want your mom and dad to feed you and house you and clothe you and protect you and send you to college and do this and do that for you and have you a car. But you don't want to live by the, by the, 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 the standards that your mom and dad's got in your home. Amen. And he said, you are 11. You are ruining your brothers and sisters. It's real. God knows it is. Anyway, now let's go on here. I want to go to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9. What's the matter? It's about my dad. Huh? It's about my dad. My dad. Your daddy?
Father in heaven, dear Lord, most of the time I don't know how to pray, but I know, Lord, that Tristan's bothered by the rebellion toward his daddy, and I know, Lord, your spirit's dealing with him, and I wish I had the heart that he's got, the tenderness and the honesty. But I pray, Lord, right now that you'd help him, Lord, to confess his sin, to make it right as best he can, and, Lord, to get your forgiveness. And I just pray, Lord, that you'd help him through this time of his life. God, I tell you, I don't know where he's at. I, I can't. And I know there's a lot of things bothering him right now, Lord. But I pray you'd help him. God, sometimes I can't even understand what he's trying to tell me. But I can see his heart hurting, Lord, and I pray that you'd help him. Bless his mother and his dad, Lord, and their family. God, help us to be a blessing to this family. Lord, I, I think so often, Lord, you sent angels unawares. Amen. And God, maybe you're trying to teach us something, Lord, through him. I don't know. But God, help him today, I pray. As much as he knows and as much as he can, God, to get right with, his, with you and right with his daddy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on. Yeah, this is about my dad wedge. Okay. Um, dad, I'm very sorry about, about this whole deal because, because I love you, Dad. You're my great dad to me. Amen. God, I love you. I, I love Wes. I do. Pray for me because I'm going to sing a song for you. Okay, we'll do that later. Yeah, right. later. Okay. Love you, sister. Every child needs to be that example. Well, what do you do after that? Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's 11.41. I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to, I'm going to cut some of the message out. No, it's not 11.41, it's 11.47. Why don't I preach this next week? Because i got something I want to do. I want you to put that song up. Lonnie, 